Hi guys, and welcome to the Dead by Tomorrow podcast. My name is Daniel Winter, and my co-host is Andrew Monroe. In each episode, Andrew and I will explore topics that you should think about before you die. We encourage you to remember that some tomorrow will be your last, so each day could be your final chance to really live. Hey guys, welcome back to Dead by Tomorrow. We are thrilled to have you. On this episode, Daniel and I are going to be talking about momentum. So with that said, Daniel, do you want to give us a quick definition of momentum? Sure. And I think there are a lot of different definitions of momentum. So there's a decent chance that I turn this question back on you. So when I think about momentum, I think back to my days in physics at Texas A&M and the kind of the engineering weed out classes and think about what that technical definition is, which is mass times velocity. And to make it super simple, it's basically the bigger something is and the faster it's moving, the more momentum it has. So I'm curious, is that what you think of when you think of momentum or do you have a different definition in mind? So yes, but because I never took a a weed out physics class, part of my major was actually very specifically tailored to avoid any classes like that. A lot of what I chose to do in school was specifically so I didn't have to do any higher math classes, which at this point, everybody probably is like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So to me, momentum is more of this idea of gaining, not necessarily velocity, but it's more like a space version. I think it's my sci-fi coming out. I think of momentum as something that the more you add on to it, the further it goes. And I could probably be mixing things up, but when I think of momentum in my life, I'm thinking, hey, the more I do something, the, the more often I am achieving, the more often for me that momentum will help me achieve more. If I'm following my habits, the more habits I follow, it gives me momentum. So it's almost a that, that way that you can do space travel is why I said sci-fi where you don't have any kind of friction in space. And so if something's accelerating, it just accelerates indefinitely. That's kind of how momentum works in my mind is I am accelerating by achieving something. By achieving it, it actually adds further momentum, further velocity and acceleration. And forgive me people who actually know physics because I just butchered some things in there. But that's kind of how I see momentum as this weird idea of gaining without interruption by gaining. Yeah. So really momentum is just this, I don't know, this train that's just picking up speed and the more you add to it, the harder it is to change, the harder it is to overcome. And whether you go with Andrew's space analogy of, you know, acceleration being frictionless and your velocity can increase indefinitely the more you add to it. Or as you were talking about, the way I sort of think about it is as you just solidify habits and you add more and more to something you're doing, like going back to a concept we've talked about before, identity capital, just continuing to say, okay, I've done this thing and I did it yesterday and I did it the day before that. I can continue to add to it. I think about that as sort of increasing your mass if we're talking about this momentum formula. Either way, whether you're increasing your mass, your reps, or your your velocity, your speed, like you're sticking with it, you gain more momentum. And what we come around to here is the more momentum something has, the harder it is to stop it, to change it, to slow it down. I want to jump in from what you're saying there because I love it, obviously, since we this was a book chapter. So we both agreed that we really like this kind of thing. I was looking at studies related around momentum, right? And it kind of goes with both of these definitions. And what they talked about was there's actually psychological effect of momentum and it was really cool. Steph Curry came up as one of the examples. There's a bunch of different athletes, a bunch of different successful people. It's something they see a lot in stock traders, people who are on a winning streak in the stock market. They just do better than they should because of this momentum. And 
what happens is as somebody's being successful or achieving something, their confidence level increases. And that confidence level has a disproportionate increase to their ability to do something. So if you want to zero it down to like the workplace or a basic habit like going to the gym, the more you're doing it, you have this disproportionately large effect of confidence that brings you to a whole different level. And so, hey, I crushed this Excel sheet. You start picking up these bigger projects and you start gaining momentum in the workplace that even if you were doing a good job, but you weren't building that momentum where you're gaining the confidence, you you don't recognize it, it won't actually have the same magnifying effect. Whereas if you can not necessarily recognize it, but you build that confidence because sometimes it's not exactly conscious, but by succeeding and achieving and following through with these daily habits or your goals or whatever you're doing, you actually psychologically increase your ability to do those kind of things. And I said that backwards, I think, but essentially psychology will make you more able to achieve based on the momentum you're gaining in that field. So a stockbroker will make more money in the stock market because he's making more money in the stock market. And it just has this almost parabolic curve. So there's a lot of psychology behind gaining this momentum that is not just Daniel and Andrew being like, hey, do things every day because it's good for you. Well, yeah. And I think we see that all of the time. If, if you watch sports, you see, you mentioned Steph Curry. If he hits a couple shots, chances are it just seems like he's going to hit everything from then on out and the team recognizes that they'll feed him the ball and you just get hot you get in the zone and then conversely if Steph is missing those shots it seems like things just don't fall like it it seems like every shot becomes a miss and a lot of times in basketball explicitly announcers will talk about they just need to see you know the ball go through the net and a lot of times the answer is drive in get fouled get a free throw which is if you're a good basketball player, it's kind of tough to miss a free throw. And so just seeing the ball go through the hoop can help flip that switch in your mind and kind of help you get into that zone. So we observe that in sports. But I think if you pay attention to how you go about your day, whether it's in work or whether it's kind of doing chores, I think you will notice that you kind of have the same things happening exactly like what you're talking about. There's the studies behind it. But I think if you take a look at your day, you see that it's true. So if you come in, you start your day, and you're able to address a couple emails and get things done, then you just start to feel more productive, you start to feel like you're in the zone, and then you work through more things and more things, as opposed to if you come in and you just drag your feet and you look at one really hard email and you don't get anything done starting out two hours of the day, you get in this negative headspace. And again, it just becomes a lot more challenging to actually make progress and everything feels like an uphill slog. And so there really is something to getting into the zone and having this compounding effect where when something goes well, other things tend to follow and do the same. I really like that. It's a good way to look at even basic stuff like chores or that work assignment you don't want to do. There's all those kind of things that we look at negatively and we don't want to work on, but really that could be part of what kind of builds momentum. And it should be something like, oh yeah, this is something I can knock out and I get to build off of it. So with that said, what do you find hardest to maintain momentum on? Is there tasks that you're generally like, I don't want to do this every day or where would you see that? Yeah, I think a lot of times it's trying to 
do something I've never done before, or I'm just not sure what the clear path forward is, it's pretty hard for me to get into the zone working on something like that because I I may have to sit and think about it for a while to figure it out. And in the meantime, there may be, you know, other things piling up and it's just super tempting to be like, you know what, responding to this particular ask or working on this project, it's hard. I don't know what to do. I've never done it before. There's not a clear action path forward, but this email that just came in, I know how to handle this. This is super easy. So it's very tempting to hop away from the hard thing and do the easy thing. And I've seen this happen with a lot of my peers as well. It's not just something that's impacted me. And it's made it to where the thing that is the highest priority actually gets pushed to the end of the day because it's hard to do. They're not totally sure how to do it. And they just keep doing all of these easier things. And so they're knocking down a bunch of stuff. They're getting a bunch of stuff done, but it's not as high priority. It's not as value adding because it's all these things that are easier to do. And so then, you know, it comes back around to, oh, you're not very reliable. You're not taking care of things. You're not prioritizing, but it's because of this, this just really tough way to get into the zone on something like that, at least for me. I get that. I think the term is eating the frog whenever you're doing that first thing in the morning. I love that, by the way. Also, shout out to Adventure Time. One of my favorite quotes from Adventure Time is exactly what you're talking about, because you're not the only one. Almost everybody doesn't like doing something they haven't done, especially adults. Like Kids are generally okay with it because they're all flexible and malleable and stuff. But like most people in their job, they're like, hey, this isn't what my job title says. Like, I'm not supposed to do this. I'm not, this isn't something I've done before, so I don't want to do it. Or that's not in my job title notes, however you want to put it, description. So I'm not going to do that. And the shout out to Adventure Time is one of the episodes that is a line that Jake tells to Finn is the first step at being good at something is being bad at something. (laughs) And I quote that so much because, and I might have butchered a little bit there, but it is just, it's so spot on because nobody comes out on something and is just amazing at it. It doesn't matter what it is. There's natural talent, but natural talent does not make you naturally good at something before you've tried it. Yeah, I completely agree. So it sounds like for you, you would agree, like those are the hardest things to get momentum on. Do you feel like aside from quoting Adventure Time, there are ways that you've found to kind of work around or to uh, maybe cheat a little bit and get yourself into the zone in order to tackle that really tough project or, or eat the frog, as you said? Well, besides, you know, like left, right, right, up, down, uh, BA. <laughs> I hope I got that right. I don't know. I, I never, what is that, Konami? or Yeah, the Konami code, yeah. <laughs> which I didn't learn about until long after it was out of style. So I'm just a filthy casual. But for me, getting into the zone is definitely something that I am, I try and work on. We've both read Deep Work, and that is a factor of, or at least what got me to even paying attention into getting into the zone. Getting into the zone for me usually is a, ritual, I guess you could say. So if I'm struggling, let's say I'm trying to sit down to write, or I am having trouble doing a task, like I'm building out a campaign or something, I will generally kind of get alone. That's usually the first step is people interrupting makes getting in the zone very hard. So if I'm around people, maybe I'll put headphones on and I love the sugar, sugar song. I don't know why I love that song so much, (laughs) but it seriously pumps me up. So maybe I'll play that or I'll play some of these older songs that I have that kind of trigger me thinking like, hey, it's time to get to work. So either silence, one of these kind of pump up songs, trying to get away from people. Generally, I have a cup of coffee or tea as well, because there's something about 
having a beverage that helps trigger me like, hey, it's time to go. And maybe it's just the years and years of working in coffee shops. Like my mind's like, hey, have two sips of coffee. And then like, you have to do something for five minutes because that's how I've trained myself over the years. I kind of take those kind of actions. And then at that point, I can usually dig in and get some work done. And I'm usually kind of in the zone. And that's basically how I build a lot of my habits anyways, is trying to stack that kind of thing. You know, hey, here's your here's your coffee. Here's your music or silence or away from people. Generally, it's a set time, which obviously with coffee is usually in the morning. So I try and get my into the zone tasks done in the morning. And I just kind of I build it all together and just kind of flow with it. Yeah, I think I do something similar. And just to bring back our sort of mass times velocity definition of momentum, one thing I do is I will try to take care of some of the little things that might distract me. I'll I'll knock out some of that quick stuff. So it's less things to kind of pull me in different directions. Cause if you think velocity, that's just speed and direction. And so what I'm trying to do is make sure that the things that I'm knocking out are aligning me to go in the direction that I want to go. So I'll knock out some of those little things. I will definitely have coffee and probably some sort of snack as well. That, that just kind of gives me a little bit of that boost. And then the big thing that I will do is just carve out time where saying to myself, all right, from this hour to this next hour, I'm going to work on this thing. I'm going to just chunk away at it. Even if it's slow going, even if it's painful, I'm going to only work on this thing, chipping away, chipping away, kind of adding to that mass, so to speak, of putting me in the right direction. And then what almost always happens is eventually I have that breakthrough where things start to click. I start to get into the zone. I start to feel like my ideas are flowing and then it feels great. And then I'm able to kind of knock that out. And what I'll do my best to do at that point is protect that time. So maybe I need more than an hour. I'll do my best to move meetings around or, or go and do not disturb until I can really get something done. Or if I finish that really tough task while I still have that positive momentum, I'll say, oh, what, what's another tough thing? Let me go ahead and jump in and try to work on that as well. Okay. So something interesting there that I kind of want to see what you do on that. So for me, like where I'm coming from on this is I don't do the little tasks. Like I'm like, oh, I'm going to avoid all these little things. I'm not going to check the emails. I'm not going to mess with the text or the little stuff because for me that can end up being this like massive time sink that next thing you know it's lunch Mm -hmm. um, because I'm aiming for mornings so for you do you have a set like hey I'm only going to do let's say it's 8 a.m I'm going to pretend in this hypothetical unless you have specifics are you saying I'm only setting aside x amount of time or till x time in the day and is it the same time that you're doing this are you saying like I'm only checking emails from 8 to 8 30 and then I jump into the deep work stuff and try and build that. And, and by deep work, I mean like that intentional, hey, this is a momentous project I want to work on. Here's this kind of thing. And the gym doesn't count here, obviously, because that's like a, hey, Wednesday nights, every night at 5.30 p.m., I'm going to go work out. But in a career sense, are you setting off certain time to not do certain things? Or are you saying like, hey, I can do whatever I want until 10 a.m. And then I'm going, I'm going down the momentum rabbit hole to make sure that I maintain this project that I'm working on or maintain this goal I'm working on. The way that my day is structured work-wise is I have a lot of meetings throughout the day and I know I'm not going to be able to do a meaningful deep work where I'm focusing on something really complex and challenging. I'm not going to be able to do a task like that in the middle of a meeting. What I tend to do is look at my day and say, okay, you know what? Like I've only got 30 minutes, 15 minutes or zero minutes between uh, meetings for this block. Like 
those are times for me to focus on these shallow things, knock those out in those little chunks of time that I've got. If it's a meeting where I literally just call in and listen, which there's a handful of those, maybe I'm multitasking a little bit, knocking out some of those shallow tasks so that whenever I have a span of one or two hours in between meetings, that's time that I focus on the tough things, the challenging things. And so my day does naturally kind of gravitate towards that. I have to be intentional about it. I can't let those shallow things bleed into those one or two hour blocks of time. Otherwise, my day is shot. But that's kind of how I go about it is look and see the time schedules that I have, decide what type of tasks best fit in those, do those things so that I really am freed up to go deep and work really on really challenging things. Okay. So you're kind of putting, you're a lot more flexible than I am. You're saying like, hey, here's my work day and I know I need to work on a momentum focused task or project, but I'm not going to say like I'm only doing it this time. You're saying I'm going to look at the day and I'm going to say I need an hour at least and you're going to find the hour in the day and that's when it happens instead of saying like I'm building in an hour at this time. You're kind of, you're shooting a target at the beginning of the day. I mean like, hey, there's my spot. I'm going to work on this then because that's my opening. Yeah, that's generally what I'm going to do. Now, that's assuming that I don't have a particular deadline on something. Maybe I need to have that thing done by noon and my morning is full of meetings. That changes the game a little bit. I I may Uh have to switch up how I approach things. That may look like moving meetings or just having to have a fragmented mind, unfortunately, working 30 minutes there, 30 minutes here. I do my best to avoid that because I know that's not going to be my best work. But in an ideal world, yes, I'm, I'm looking at my day, kind of painting this is going to be an ideal time to kind of get this deep work done. And then I'm trying to make sure that I've limited my distractions as much as possible or eliminated my distractions as much as possible whenever that time comes up. I see. I like it. One last bit on that. Whenever you are looking at this, so you have projects, you've got this, you're trying to gain momentum on certain things because obviously it's not something you knock out and do. Either it's a habit, it's a larger project, whatever you're talking about. How many of these do you have both, you know, career-wise and personal? Because like, obviously you're going to have your work stuff and then you're going to have your personal like gym, relationship, you know, whatever things you're getting momentum on and that work-life balance. Do you usually focus on a certain number? Do you cap yourself or... How do you maintain that balance on what gets the attention that you're trying to give momentum to? It again, it sort of depends. Like I would say for relationships, there aren't a ton of things that necessarily require deep work, at least for me. It's more so just showing up and and taking care of the little things and all of that. So it's more so not letting there be so many big like challenging projects that I have where it's difficult to show up in personal life. It's difficult to spend time with people. And so work definitely has tasks and projects that are big and challenging things. I think at any given time, there are usually three or four things that I've got that I'm kind of working through that take a lot of thought, but usually they don't all come up at the same time. And then outside of work, it's the podcast. It was the book for a long time. I'm doing a, um, or I'm, I'm on the advisory board for this college a certification program. And so I'm going through some coursework for that. So those are kind of the things that take up my time, but I know what the levels of priority are on those things. So my job in terms of deep work things, it takes a higher precedent over advisory board and unfortunately over the podcast as well. And so if my job is keeping me so 
busy that in order to hit things like the podcast or these advisory board courses, it would mean sacrificing time with my family or just even sacrificing some of that time to relax a little bit, then those are the things that I pull back from first. That's kind of my release valve, my, my safety valve. You're just building up pressure on the momentum. You're like, hey, I'm not going to cap myself. I'm going to I'm gonna give momentums, you know, all the different projects, all the different things I want to main- maintain momentum on, precedence, but you've got this kind of internal priority list where it's like, hey, if I hit capacity, this is going down. Like, you know, for me, fitness is going to be one of those things like, hey, I'm, I might miss one workout, but like, I'm going to make it up that week. And that over the week, I'm not going to miss a certain number of workouts. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to miss a certain number of projects at work. Like I might give up, you know, or I might push off somebody saying like, Hey, I need help with this. I'm like, Hey, I'm already working on four things. Go find somebody else to help you. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, the podcast, like, Hey, we could be doing a whole bunch of different stuff. It's like, Hey, this recording, let's get the episodes up. We don't have to do crazy content creation or whatever it is. So it sounds like you've got a hose and I probably do the same thing where you've got the hose of, I'm going to give it this much. And if it doesn't fit in this hose, it's getting downgraded on a triage system that you probably have internally. Yeah, for sure. And that's sort of what I do to kind of call timeouts when things are feeling like they're getting away from me, whether it's I'm not making the progress that I need to on a project or my family is suffering from time away from me or I'm not hitting the workouts that I need to or or I'm just not in a good mental space. That's what I'm going to do is sort of reevaluate what can drop, where can I drop it and and just being realistic with whoever I might disappoint saying, you know, hey, Andrew, like, I got to take a break this week from podcasts. I got a lot of stuff going on and just being forthright about that and letting you know this is short term. I don't expect this to happen long term. I just need a break this week. Or if I need to say, hey, like my priorities have shifted. There's been a change in kind of what I've got going on. We need to take more of a long term break. I'll do that. And I've even done that at work. I've had conversations with my boss of like, hey, I can take this on. But here's kind of what it's going to cost in terms of my work output, my capacity, because I do have other things going on and it's going to maybe decrease my ability in some of these other areas. And if you're okay with this, then yeah, I can take it on. But just setting those expectations are the things that I do to try to keep things from getting away from me. No, that's great. I think being able to say, not being able to say, being able to do the vulnerable honesty kind of approach, I think Everybody understands logically that's the way to go. Like, hey, if someone was just upright, honest with me, like, hey, I can't do this because I have this kind of stuff going on. Nobody would be like, hey, that's, I can't believe they did that. I'd much rather they lied to me about something that sounded important, like the grandma died. But whenever it comes to actually talking to somebody else, everybody and their mom's like, you know what? I need to give a more compelling excuse. I need to come up with something. You know, I got in a car wreck, whatever it is. And it's just like, hey, if you just tell somebody like actually what's going on with you and you just give them the truth, even if it's something dumb. People just respect that more and it works out way better than all the the weird shenanigans that people come up on a daily basis. So I like it. Well, Daniel, I think that is really great. And I I think we've said it all. (laughs) I think we're good. So with all of that, do you have a challenge for our audience since we're going to try and get that going? Yeah, I'll give two potential challenges. So the first one is if you're up for it and if you've never read it, check out the book Deep Work. I think it does a really good job of just explaining the the value and the importance of setting aside time to really go deep on something, to work on something challenging and, and what that can mean for your personal life and your career. So I think it's a really great read. Um, if you've already read it or if reading is not your thing, then my challenge to you is to just take an hour 
each day across this next week, call out the time that you want. It could be 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. or whatever it is, and use that time to really focus on something that you want to achieve that's hard. Whether that's a work project, like maybe you wanted to learn how to code something uh, for your job and you just haven't had the time, you know, take an hour to work on coding and, and make some progress on that project. Or maybe you've always said that you've wanted to write a book or you've wanted to start a podcast. Take an hour to really focus on that each day. Put your phone aside, grab some coffee, whatever it is, and just let yourself only work on that thing over the course of that hour and do that for a week and see what happens. Let us know what happens. I really feel like you will make some progress that you didn't think was possible just by forcing yourself to do it for that, that really small amount of time. I love it, man. That is freaking great. And seriously, take, take the phone out of the equation. If you don't think that it is causing as much distraction as we're saying it is, try deleting Instagram for a day and see how often you pull up your phone trying to look at something that has no impact on your life. And you'll be like, oh, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe for that hour, I cannot have my phone because apparently I use it every two minutes. So with that said, thank you guys for coming on. We really appreciate everybody listening. And if you want to check out www.deadbytomorrow.com, that's deadxtomorrow.com actually, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, have a great day.